0: Proudly presents Rapping on Racing, the tri-state's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners, recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Here's Rapping on Racing.
1: So proudly we have at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars
2: to Rappin' on Racing, Memorial Day 2021. What is Memorial Day? Memorial Day is a holiday observed on the last Monday in May that is meant to honor and remember those who died in the military while serving their country. Memorial Day, originally called Decoration day, was first observed on May 30, 1868 at Arlington National Cemetery when flowers were placed on the graves of fallen Union and Confederate soldiers. 260,000 small American flags are placed by U.S. soldiers on the gravestones of fallen soldiers at Arlington National Cemetery. On Memorial Day at 3 p.m. local time, all Americans are asked to pause wherever they are for a minute of silence to remember and honor those who have died in the service of their nation. A special show planned for today. Uh, Just a group of uh, very interesting interviews. Uh, I gave the entire staff the weekend off so that they could spend time with their family and friends, enjoying Memorial Day, yet taking the time to think about the people that made this possible. Our guests t- tonight include Chip Ganassi. We're going to hear about two brothers and their thoughts on the war. Jack Seckle has a nice thing on The Ghost of a Soldier. We're gonna dig back in time and have an interview from 1991 with Doug Flick, the modified champion at Marion Center Speedway. We also have an interview with his father, Pee Wee Flick, again from 1991. Wally Parks will join us. He was the originator of the National Hot Rod Association and Hot Rod Magazine. And then we will close the show with an interview with Hall of Fame driver Bobby Marhefka. I hope you enjoy tonight's show, and I hope you will take time to pay tribute
3: to the fallen heroes. This is the Banker Bob Thought for May 31st. Remember, there's a lot of difference between listening and hearing. This portion of
4: tonight's
5: program is brought to you by Jennerstown Speedway. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and Asco. The experienced Salesforce has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative power sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455.
6: Night and Day Asphalt Seal Coating is there when you need them. They feature concrete pressure washing and seal coating. They can also provide handyman services. Tawan Baker, the owner of Night and Day Asphalt Seal Coating, is a big fan of local racing and would appreciate a chance to discuss suggestions on how to make your home or business look great. He would be happy to provide you with a free estimate. The appearance of your home is important, and your driveway is the first thing people see when they arrive. A driveway at your business tells possible customers a great deal about your products or services. Remember, you only get one chance to make a good impression. Night and day asphalt seal coating is there when you need them. For additional information, call Tawan Baker at 724-620-7830. That's 724-620-7830 for night and day asphalt seal coating.
4: Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together, they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412 922 Eighty
0: nine eighty eight. What is a veteran? He's the cop on the beat who spent six months in Saudi Arabia sweating two gallons a day and making sure the armored personnel carriers didn't run out of fuel. He's the barroom loudmouth, dumber than five wooden planks, whose overgrown frat boy behavior is outweighed a hundred times in the cosmic scales by four hours of exquisite bravery near the 38th parallel she or he is the nurse who fought against futility and went to sleep sobbing every night for two solid years in denang he is the pow who went away one person and came back another or didn't come back at all he is the quantico drill instructor who has never seen combat but has saved countless lives by turning slouchy no account rednecks and gang members into marines and teaching them to watch each other's backs. He is the parade-riding legionnaire who pins on his ribbons and medals with a prosthetic hand. He is the career quartermaster who watches the ribbons and medals pass him by. He is the three anonymous heroes in the Tomb of the Unknowns whose presence at the Arlington National Cemetery must forever preserve the memory of all the anonymous heroes whose valor dies unrecognized with them on the battlefield or in the ocean's sunless deep. He's the old guy bagging groceries at the supermarket, palsied now and aggravatingly slow, who helped liberate a Nazi death camp, and who wishes all day long that his wife were still alive to hold him when the nightmares come. He is an ordinary and yet an extraordinary human being, a person who offered some of life's most vital years in the service of his country, and who sacrificed his ambitions so others would not have to sacrifice theirs. He is a soldier and a savior and a sword against the darkness. And he is nothing more than the finest, greatest testimony on behalf of the finest, greatest nation ever known so remember each time you see someone who has served our country just lean over and say thank you that's all that most people need and in most cases it will mean more than any medals they could have been awarded or were awarded two little words that mean a lot thank you And that's what is a veteran.
2: Okay, fans, we're back, and I want to introduce our next guest and welcome him. It's Chip Ganassi, the gentleman that owns the car that Emerson Fittipaldi has been having so much success with. Chip, I heard a cute thing on the news the other day. They said the big news in kart racing was that Emerson Fittipaldi did not win. You guys have been doing so good that it was like a surprise to people that finally someone else had an opportunity to win. want to welcome you to the show, congratulate you on the excellent success you've been having, and we'll just chat for a little bit. How you doing this morning, Don? Real well, real well. Great, great.
7: Good morning, Chip. Good morning, Joan. How are you today? Very good, thank you. Good. Chip Canazze, a long ways from driver to car owner. How did that come about?
8: Well, Joan, we, you know, I've as you know i mean in my career i've always had an interest in 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 racing i mean it was started when i was five years old you know with go-karts and what have you and motocross and you know when i stopped driving i i uh i got involved in my family's business and i was i was very excited about that and doing well at it but i i still needed something i still needed you know, uh, we racers, once you get that in your blood, uh, it, it, we've heard it all a hundred times, but it's just hard to get it out. And I wanted to stay involved uh, somehow in the sport. I mean, and how do you, uh, I guess I'm not meticulous enough to uh, to be a mechanic and I'm not, uh, I don't want to be a corner worker or anything. And I, so I thought the only thing left for me to do is to somehow, you know, get involved in, in owning a team. And, uh, I called Pat up one day and, cause he was, you know, Pat was, Patrick was kinda like my, uh, almost like a father figure to me when I was driving. And, uh, I, you know, as I drove for him for two years, I mean, I, he and I became very well acquainted. So, with his obvious connections with the sport being the uh, founder of CART, you know, he and Roger Penske being the founder of CART, I, I called Pat up one day, I said, you know, Pat, I, I think I'm gonna start a team. And he said, you're gonna what? And I said, start a team. And he said, and I said, why don't you buy my team? And I said, you don't want to sell your team. And he said, well, he said, not tomorrow I don't. But, you know, he said, over the next couple of years, he said, I'd like to get out of it and uh, like somebody like you to take it over. I said, okay. And that was, uh, I was in late 87, and here we are.
7: <laughs> uh, Chip, last weekend, uh, you finished second at Canada. Was the car damaged after the mishap with winner Michael Andretti?
8: No, it wasn't. I mean, it had a little, few little scrapes on it, but uh, not really damaged at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those. I'll tell you, I never thought I would be so disappointed to finish second, and, uh, <laughs> with the little run we've had a few weeks ago, you know, and we've had two second places now in a row coming off of four wins. And I'll tell you, I'm on one hand, I'm disappointed. On the other hand, I, I couldn't be happier.
7: Uh, Emerson still leads the point chase, is that correct?
8: Correct. He has one, I think it's 141 to 92 over Rick Mears.
7: Okay, now he earned $76,880 for second place. Does this boost him up for a new cart single season record?
8: I think, you know, Joan, that's a good question. I I think that uh, the fact that when you add in the million dollars from Indianapolis, the win there.
9: Right.
8: I think uh right now we are at a at a, a season high total because I I know that the, the million dollars in India that was about three hundred more than last year for first place. Right. So I think uh I I would bet it's probably a new a new new record. Yes. I don't know that for sure.
2: Chip, looking through some of the statistics that CART sends us here. Uh, victories, lap leaders, laps completed and miles completed. Emerson is tops in everything except pole positions. Uh, right. How about some of your thoughts on that?
8: Well, you know, I think Emerson is the kind of guy, you know, Don, he's been around now for a long time. And I, I just think that that uh, qualifying is you know although you get that, you get 1 point for being uh, on the pole you know the the total points total maximum points you can get at a race is 22 it would be 20 for a win 1 point for pole position and 1 point for most laps led and uh you know i i just think that emerson is
10: he's he's not going to
8: take a big big chance in qualifying i mean he'll drive the car to its limit but i mean when when you get to be his age and you're making the kind of money that he's making and you're you're involved in the kind of program he's involved in. Emerson's not one to take chances, say like a Michael Andretti or an Allens or Junior would. He, he just, it's just not in his character, I think, and I think that's why you don't see more pole positions out of him. I, I think we have the car. I also think Don. Another reason is we spend a lot of time during practice running the car with, uh, you know, with a load of fuel in it that is more uh, more like running a race setup. You know, so many people in in racing i think it's one of the big problems a lot of racers make is in in qualifying you know they run the car with no fuel in it to uh to get you know to keep the weight down and uh it's all less weight you need the horsepower to push it around and but when they go to a when they go to a race condition when you add you know 40 gallons of fuel that's 250 pounds or so you're adding to the car and it really upsets the car so we uh, we probably don't concentrate as much on a qualifying setup as we do a race setup. And and, and I think it's shown in the results.
7: Uh, Chip, we need to take a commercial break. Please stay with us. We'll be back with more Wrapping on Racing after these commercials.
11: Hi, this is Billy Rebar, General Manager of the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. I want to wish you a nice Memorial Day, as we honor those that have given the ultimate sacrifice for our country. We hope you spend time with family and friends reflecting the ultimate sacrifice to keep us free and enjoy racing every Saturday night on the mountain.
4: This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Jennerstown Speedway.
0: Thomas Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Tomus Meat Market. Located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020.
12: That's 724-352-2020. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store
5: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers' competed late models, modifieds, pro-stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA-sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex.
8: Hi, this is Chip Ganassi. You're listening to Rapping on Racing.
13: Somewhere in Vietnam, September the 1st, Dear Mom and Dad, We must have marched 20 miles today Through the rain and the mud And believe it or not, This is the first opportunity I've had To just sit down and write in two or three weeks This will have to be short But I just wanted to send my love And let you know that I'm doing fine But you know, just being here And seeing how close these people are to losing their freedom makes me that much more determined to help win this war. Because if we don't, the next battlefield may be a lot closer to home than Vietnam. Must close for now. All my love, your son, Bud. P.S. How's Tommy doing at State University? Tell him his big brother said hello.
14: State University, September 1st. Hi, Dad. We must have marched 20 blocks today, and baby, I'm beaten. I mean, like the sign I was carrying got real heavy. But, Dad, everything was out of sight. There were reporters and photographers and cameramen from every major news service and network in the nation. So look for your baby boy's picture on the front page of today's paper. Of course, you may have a little trouble recognizing me with my groovy beard. But, Dad, I know we're right. How can you defend my brother murdering all those people overseas? So what if the communists do take over in South Vietnam? Why, just today our economics professor assured us that people get along just as well under communism as they do under any other form of government. I'm sorry, Dad, but this God and country bit just isn't my bad. Gotta go, Dad. Big rally tonight. Your son, Tommy. P.S. Dad better send me an extra 50 bucks this week. Dig?
13: Dear Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I know you must be awfully proud of your fine son. I wish I could be there to see you receive Bud's Medal of Honor. It may comfort you to know that his last thoughts were of you and as his sergeant, I can truthfully say he was one of the bravest men I have ever known.
14: Dear Mom and Dad, it's been some time since I received word about Bud, and somehow I just didn't have the nerve to come home. But I've done a lot of thinking since then about my turned on friends, and about what they said about communism. We were all wrong. You know, I always just worship, and now that I've thought it over, I know that he would never fight for something unless he believed in it with all of his heart. And in spite of all my past mistakes, I hope that somehow, someday, I can become as big in your eyes as my brother will always be, your son, Private Tommy Smith.
3: Hi, this is Jim Zufall, the voice of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. On behalf of Miley Motorsports, we want to wish you a very happy Memorial Day and remind you why we hold this day so special. On Memorial Day, we remember all servicemen and women who paid the ultimate price for the freedoms we enjoy today. From the militia members fighting off the crown in the 1770s, to brothers fighting brothers on the fields of Antietam and Gettysburg, to the Doughboys fighting off the Kaiser... To the greatest generation, those that perished at Pearl Harbor and the brave Marines streaming onto the beaches of Normandy knowing it was likely a one-way ticket. To those fighting the waves of communism on the Korean Peninsula, to everyone whose names are engraved on that big black granite wall in Washington, D.C., and those that are still missing from the conflict in the jungles of Southeast Asia. And even today, as brave servicemen and women pay the ultimate price for our freedom in the deserts of the Middle East. These people are the reason we stop to remember and celebrate on Memorial Day. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? Yeah, it certainly does, and that's thanks to the American soldier. Again, on behalf of Miley Motorsports, have a wonderful Memorial Day. And in the words of the late, great Charlie Daniels, God bless America again.
7: We're back with more Wrapping on Racing, and we're talking to our special guest this morning, Chip Canazzi. Uh Chip, uh, Emerson was to be with us this morning, but uh, unfortunately he had another task to do. Why don't you tell us what it was?
8: Well, you know, we keep him pretty busy, John, between testing, and uh, we've had five races now over a seven-week period, and uh, he doesn't get many Saturdays off. And this morning he was taking his family out on his boat on uh just came bay, out of Miami. There and he, oh, but he oh. said later in the year he'd love to be on the show at some point.
7: <laughs> well, we would love to have him. We'd
2: Good love to morning. be on the boat.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> uh, Chip, how do you feel kart racing differs from the NASCAR circuit?
8: Well, Joan, I think, uh, you know, it's almost like
10: I'll
8: tell you, they're almost as different as, as football and baseball. I mean, they. I can only my my one overriding thing is I'm glad they're uh, NASCAR fans as well as IndyCar fans. I think I think first of all I don't think there's any doubt that uh, you know a lot of times down in NASCAR they they're, they really do put on a heck of a show. I mean as far as close racing, I mean uh, you know uh, when you have I look at these 500 mile races they have week after week and they they have. 12 or 13 cars on the lead lap after 500 miles or something I mean that that's really uh, enjoyable I think I think on the other hand I, I think uh, you know I, I think the IndyCar racing is just a different type of racing I mean it's it tuned I think the IndyCar racing is more attuned to what's going on in in the car industry I mean what's going on in, in Detroit and uh, what... I think there are more innovations coming out of of IndyCar racing that, that are going to uh, our everyday cars. I don't mean that in a sense to take away anything from NASCAR, but I mean right. they, they have a lot of rules there. That I mean, you're not allowed any electronics at all on the cars, and I think you know in, in this day and age, I mean to have a, a, a series, a racing series that it's the, pin, the that is at the pinnacle of the sport like NASCAR. I think it's almost ludicrous to, to not have any electronics. I mean, you're not even allowed to have an electronic tachometer. And I mean, our, our everyday cars are coming with electronic tachometers now. And, uh, you know, to not have that in racing, I think, is, is uh, kind of holds it. I just don't, I, I don't think it encourages uh, innovation and doesn't encourage uh participation by people who want to further the sport. I mean, if it's just going to be held back like that because of rules, I think there's an advantage to that in that it, it keeps the cost down, but I think also, it, in the long run, I think that hurts It hurts NASCAR, whereas in the Indy cars, uh, you know, there are a lot more, you know, just one little thing like electronics, there's a lot more of that in IndyCar racing, and I think uh, it encourages participation by the manufacturers in Detroit because they're very interested in in how these applications translate over to a, you know, an everyday car. So I think in that sense, that that's what I see as the major difference. As far as racing, I mean, as far as actual on-the-track racing, I don't think there's any doubt that NASCAR is probably, uh, to, to some fans, is more exciting to watch. I think, on the other hand, the Indy cars, when you, you factor in the pit stops and... Uh, uh, you know the the fact that uh, cars are a little more technically advanced. I, I think they're just as exciting. I mean, I think there are, there are fans for both, and thank God there are fans for both. I think I think fortunately the United States is large enough to have two different series at the tops of their respective sports, and um, I think they both put on a good show.
2: Chip, you mentioned the involvement of the auto industry. Uh, Some of your thoughts, we're going to take a break here, but I want you to think about this. Some of your thoughts on the uh, involvement, let's say, with the Chevy engines and some of the Ford and Buick engines they've been doing. Kind of think that over a little bit. We're going to take a break, and then we'd like to get some of your thoughts on that.
4: This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive.
5: A message for all racers, race vans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and Asco. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative power sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Saturday Night Racing Entertainment.
3: That's what you get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the Admar Construction Equipment Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns, and the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series, the Falcone's Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series, the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, the Rush Wingless Sprints, Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, and the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Ed Laboon Memorial, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Jook George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania. Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at pa PAMotorSpeedway.
0: Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Thomas, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Coma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020.
2: Okay, fans, we're back. My co-host today is Joan Burgess. We're talking with Chip Ganassi, the gentleman that owns the car that won the Indy 500 and Uh, the car that Emerson Fittipaldi drives in kart racing. Chip, we were asking you about Detroit's involvement in IndyCars, more specifically with the engines. Uh, Any thoughts on that?
8: Well, I'll tell you. I mean, I think uh, the fact that kart, what they did a year ago was they announced a rules package that will take effect in 1990. That is a five-year rules package. And uh, what that means is the rules are stabilized for five years. When you have that happen in a sanctioning body, the car companies, uh, the manufacturers, the people involved in the sport, that gives them an opportunity, Don, to say, okay, we can make an investment here now because we know that the rules are set for five years. So if we're gonna do an engine program or a chassis program or a, a, any sort of development program, they, say, they know that their investment uh, is, is, is stable for five years. I mean, that they're not gonna come in and change the rules on them. and because of that we've seen you know Buick has now come out and said that, that they're going to uh, they're going to concentrate a little more on their Indy program you know they've kind of had their foot in the door but that's about it the last few years and uh, you know a few years back Pancho Carter drove that Buick to the pole position but they've really outside of that they haven't had any results and uh, I even understand that they're going to that Buick is going to pull off of uh, their drag racing program you know they're involved with Kenny Bernstein there and I understand they're getting out of that, and they're going to put more effort into the uh, into the Indy program. And I know they're cutting back some of their NASCAR involvement, and to come over to, to to you know really put forth that effort at Indianapolis, which I think they need. You know, they've had Jim Crawford in the last couple of years, and they've they've had flashes of of, of you know a good performance, but nothing really that. that not for the 500 mile distance, and, and I think Buick realizes that they either have to uh, get in the game or get out of the game. So they're going to make an attempt at getting in. You know, I think with Chevrolet's involvement, they are—they've taken the ball, I mean, the bull a lot more by the horns, I should say. They—they—they they, uh, they came in with a program and they said, "Look, we want to get involved with the good teams and." Uh, because uh, we understand there's more to racing than just uh, having the good equipment. I mean, it takes a good team of people. And Chevrolet went out and started getting involved with the good teams, and it's it's reflecting in their performance now. I think they've won 19 of the last 22 races have been won with Chevrolet engines. I think that the Detroit involvement in racing is is uh, to all of all racers. I mean, not just in Indy cars or in NASCAR, but to all racers down to the level uh, to the lowest levels of racing I mean it's very important that that the car companies are involved in racing because it sort of trickles down to all facets of the sport and, and every racer has to be aware of that I think
7: Uh, Chip, I read recently how the drivers were talking about a way to stop Emerson. He's just been unbeatable. And one way was to take away the food he eats from the special diet he is on. I'm sure uh, a lot of people realize he is on a special diet of pasta and pizza, which gives him high energy when it's needed. Another driver said, uh, well, let's tie him up and put him in the motel room and let him be there for the day. And one said, I've got the best solution Right. What
1: do you think
8: of that? <laughs> the uh, You know, I'll say, uh, you know, a lot of people think that, uh, that that Emerson, you know, he's on this particular diet and, and then they might make light of it. But I'll tell you, if uh, at the Cleveland race, I noticed that uh, when Michael Andretti uh, got out of his car, about 20 laps later, he finally came in and got out of his car. spraying so bad and, I mean, it's, you know, just wet and soaking wet from sweating and looked bad i mean then mario was the same way when he got out of the car he just looked literally whipped and emerson uh we've noticed that even on the hottest days he diet if it has something to do with it you know and he's been <laughs> yeah. paying dividends in the in the uh races where you know they get a little more physically demanding i mean yeah. uh any driver can tell you that you know there's a certain level of concentration you have to keep a very high level of concentration and when if you're physically tired, it detracts from that. And they, or if it's too hot or too, you know, if you're getting engine heat or something on yeah. you, it's distracting after a while. And uh, you you have to keep your your mental capacities about you. And, uh, and I think uh, I don't think there's the any diet works paying <laughs> off. It's working for Emerson.
7: No doubt about it. Uh, b- very briefly, uh, good chance for the car championship this year. Chip, how do you feel about that?
8: Joan, we're just taking it one race at a time. I mean, right now we're we're looking at uh, the Michigan 500, the Marlboro 500, of course, I should say, and the uh, Pocono 500. We have the two 500-milers coming up right in a row here. You know, when you go into the to that Michigan race, of course, uh, we all know that that, that that track tears up a lot of equipment every year. and So right. we, we want to get through these next 500-milers. And if we can come out of these next two races with a points lead, I'll be very happy. And uh, we... We just need to maintain uh, these 500 mile races. They're they're twice the distance that, that, that the races were. The last five or six races we've been in, and they're only they're, they're but they are the same amount of points, and they're twice the distance, but only the, uh, not twice the points. So I think we have to be very have to be very careful these next next couple yeah. of races. It's a whole change of thought on the team's part how we approach these races. Uh, you know, a 500 mile race. You run a different pace than you do a two hundred miler and uh, so we have to be very careful and uh, we have we've, we've in fact we've had two long discussions with uh, with Emerson now about our our attitude going into these five hundred milers mm-hmm. coming up.
7: Well, Chip, we want to thank you for being with us today and nothing but good luck for you and Emerson Fittipaldi and we'll be talking to you real soon. Thanks again for being with us. Thanks,
8: Joan. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Chip.
15: Hello, I'm Tyler Harris, and my wife, Jacqueline, and I would like to wish you all a happy and safe Memorial Day as we remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice while defending our beautiful country. We, of course, thank the servicemen and women who have served and continue to serve to protect our great nation. We would also like to thank all first responders for the sacrifices that they make on a daily basis to protect and serve our citizens. We are blessed to live in a country of freedom and democracy.
0: Here is a brief article submitted to the quarterly Bulge Bugle by Lester R. King of the 643rd Tank Destroyer Battalion. The article is entitled, The Ghost of a Soldier. The setting is the Battle of the Bulge. It could apply today. If you can, visualize the ghost of a paratrooper somewhere in the bulge on Christmas Eve of 1944. As he clutches his M1 rifle with frostbitten fingers, he stands with frostbitten feet, knee deep in snow, weak from a lack of nourishing food, fatally wounded by shrapnel from German artillery shells, and deeply heartsick from the eternity between him and his loved ones. He is thoroughly sickened at heart by the widespread killing and the carnage of battle. He looks at us through lifeless eyes. Inflamed with anger and disgust, he speaks slowly to us through clenched teeth. I died for your birthright, bestowed by your forefathers in the Constitution. And now you allow school boards to graduate many of your children too illiterate to comprehend its meaning? I left my family alone and heartbroken to guarantee your freedom of speech, and you remain silent on controversial issues because you're afraid to offend. I fought in the freezing hell of the Ardennes for your freedom to vote, and you stay home because the line is too long or the weather is bad. I orphaned my children to ensure you a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, and now you allowed it to steal your democracy from you? It is I, the soldier, not your congressman, who grants you freedom of expression. It is I, the soldier, not the president who tolerated your freedom to choose your soulmate. It is I, the soldier, not the attorney general, who demands that your protection granted by the Bill of Rights is honored. It is I, the soldier, not the clergyman or rabbi, who provides you the right to worship whomever, however you wish. It is I, the soldier, not the political activist who allows you the right to demonstrate and it is i the soldier who follows the flag who fights for the flag and whose dead body is embraced by the flag who permits the protester to burn the beloved stars and stripes and it is for damn sure just about time you did something about it Finally, I would like to say that the greatest honor that ever came my way was the honor and privilege of serving my country in time of need.
4: This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive.
6: Night and day asphalt seal coating is there when you need them. They feature concrete pressure washing and seal coating. They can also provide handyman services. Tawan Baker, the owner of Night and Day Asphalt Seal Coating, is a big fan of local racing and would appreciate a chance to discuss suggestions on how to make your home or business look great. He would be happy to provide you with a free estimate. The appearance of your home is important, and your driveway is the first thing people see when they arrive. The driveway at your business tells possible customers a great deal about your products or services. Remember, you only get one chance to make a good impression. Night and day asphalt seal coating is there when you need them. For additional information, call Tawan Baker at 724-620-7830. That's 724-620-7830 for night and day asphalt seal coating.
5: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers' competed late models, modifieds, pro-stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA-sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex.
3: This is the Banker Bob Thought for Memorial Day 2021. Remember, our flag does not fly because of the wind that moves it. It flies with the last breath of each soldier who died protecting it.
2: Okay, joining us now is a gentleman that has just recently won the Modified uh, Track Championship at the Marion Center Speedway, a name familiar to many of you, a second-generation driver, Doug Flick. Good morning, Doug. Welcome to Rapping on Racing. How you doing?
9: I'm fine, Don.
2: Okay, the dog is going to have to listen in the other room. Um, while we're getting uh, set up on this, Larry, uh, some, some things about the Flicks that you may or may not be aware of now. On a regular basis, Pee Wee used to aggravate me. Well, still does at Learnerville, but he is such a good teacher. He ought to be. He ought to be a school teacher. That he has now taught his two sons to carry, you know, carry over when he's not there. So I have a constant thorn in my side. Or three thorns. Three, thorns. three thorns. Three thorns. But in all seriousness, uh, Doug you had a super year. Uh, went in the championship. We wanted to have you on a couple of weeks ago, and you said no. You'd rather wait until it was a done deal. Now it's done. How do you feel?
9: No, well, I, I still can't get over it that it happened, but I guess in time I'll realize
2: it. Hey, have you taken a, a little bit of uh, teasing from your brother? I know from time to time when you guys race side by side, the rivalry is unbelievable. Uh, some of his thoughts on your success with this.
9: No, well, he's happy for me. Uh, he helped me throughout the year if I needed uh a, a question to be answered he would answer it for me the best he knew how and would advise me on what he would do and yeah, everybody just helped me out and I really appreciate everybody's help so it's, it's pretty much everybody's championship not just mine
15: uh, Doug this is Larry Mattingly uh, you know I had, didn't get a chance to get up to Marion Center this year but we did catch you in action several times at Lernerville and uh, you know we're quite impressed with some of your performances, particularly. And you know, I don't think it's uh, you know it, it's any big secret. You're you're very much an underfinanced race team, and do not have the equipment that some of the uh, the bigger name modified people do have. But uh, you ran very competitively the times that I saw you. Um, how would you you know? Compare the difference between you know running Learnerville and Marion Center. Was it was it much easier to be uh, competitive at Marion Center with your with your equipment as it is uh, compared to Learnerville?
9: Uh, uh, it doesn't really matter where you go. Uh, everybody's competitive at, at any racetrack, and I try just as hard to to win at Learnerville as I do at Marion Center. It's just the track size is different.
15: Well, that's what I was alluding to. Was it, was it easier to, uh, uh, to run at the, at the front of the pack at Marion Center due to the track layout as compared to Lernerville, which kind of gets the reputation sometimes as being a, a motor racetrack?
9: Uh, It
2: wasn't. And we're talking with Doug Flick, the gentleman that recently won the modified championship at Marion Center Speedway. Doug, I'd I'd like to touch on a subject that I always find fascinating. Uh, Someone like yourself comes and starts racing and does well, and people say, wow, uh, this is like an overnight sensation. Uh, You, like many drivers in the open-wheel division, have paid your dues uh, by starting out in karting, and it's my understanding that you ran uh, approximately three years in the karts. uh, let's talk a little bit about that, and do you feel it was beneficial in your, your driving style right now? Uh, when uh, when did you run the karts?
9: I raced go karts, I started racing in uh, 1978, and ran until 1981, we raced up at uh, Woodland Speedway in Mercer, um, Patsy Kekich owned it at the time, and I quit. And then I went on into the bigger cars a few years down the road after helping Mark.
2: Do you feel that it was beneficial, your your experience in the carts?
9: <coughs> any, any time I think you can get experience, yes. Yeah, It, it was very beneficial.
2: You kind of had a nice situation where you had an awful lot of experience in uh, your dad's career where you were able to watch him over the years, uh, I, I have to think that a lot of his ideas and suggestions kind of help you polish off your style here, your, your type of driving. Uh, we're going to talk to him when we're done with you, but uh, has uh, has Dad's uh, suggestions been helpful or are you a hardhead and don't listen to him?
9: No, I, I always listen to what he has to say and he'll tell me what I should do and try to do and then he'll always come up with the last line that you're the one in the car. You're the one making the decisions. He says, I can't help you from sitting in the stands
2: watching. If you were thinking about this year, other than winning the championship, was there a special moment, something that happened during the year that uh, you remember?
9: You mean as far as racing?
2: Yeah, favorite, uh, favorite thing with the race car this year.
9: Well, I would have to say the night I finished fourth at Lernerville for the Syracuse qualifier, I was very happy with the way I performed and the, the luck that I had that night. Uh, Dad was even happy about it too. Everybody was happy. I was, that was probably the most memorable moment for the year for me.
15: Uh, Doug, this is Larry again. Uh, now that 1991's wrapping up, uh, what's your projections for, uh, for next year? Do you plan to stay with the modifieds? Uh, upgrade the equipment? Or are you possibly looking at uh, moving into another division?
9: Oh, I, I like the modifieds. It's competitive and um, I'm looking to update my racing operation now. I'd like to get a newer car and hopefully I could run up there with my brother.
2: You, you mentioned, uh, when we asked about heroes, you mentioned Pee Wee Flick and Richard Petty. Uh, that's pretty, two pretty good role models. And I'm, I'm uh, going to refer to your situation with Richard Petty. It says that your fantasy would be to work on a Winston Cup team. Uh, at what point do you think it would be practical for you to say, hey, I'm going I'm to park my modified and I want to travel with a Winston Cup circuit. Is this something that's way down the road? Well
9: i I would say that if the opportunity arose now, I would go uh, down the road, yeah, any any time I would prefer to do it,
2: I think uh. Uh, Many of the drivers that have been successful and continue to be successful around here have taken time to travel. Uh, A case in point that I think about, Andy Priest, who has run modifieds and six-owner modifieds, plans to go into a sprint car, uh, took some time off and traveled around with uh, the World of Outlaws, helping out. I believe he was... uh, He worked with Swindell for for quite some time. I guess it's sort of like going to school, and and if you're serious about racing, any experience that you can get on a national level is going to uh, help when it plugs into your career, whether it be getting sponsors, maintaining a team, uh, having a schedule, uh, whatever, uh, as well as a driving experience. Uh, Have you pursued any leads, or is this just something that uh, you would like to do?
9: This, this is something I would like to do.
2: It's always been a... We're talking with Doug Flick, the gentleman that won the Modified uh, Championship uh, at the Marion Center Speedway. Uh, Doug, uh, we want to kind of wind things down here because we'd like to talk a little bit with your dad. Um, We want to congratulate you on a good season. And a question i like to ask, if we could turn the clock ahead, and it's five years from now. uh, Larry had touched on it briefly. Do you think you would still want to be in a modified, or have you looked at some other possibilities?
9: Well, if I continue to have success with the modified, yes, I would like to. uh, Like I said, it's a competitive class, and everybody in the class is... uh, pretty much a friend you know I mean, you can go up and talk when you're on the track you're competitive and everybody respects everybody it's it's a good class and i like it
2: well i know a lot of the fans uh up around your way enjoy watching your race i know for many years uh well i still do i enjoy watching your dad race and your brother and when i do get up to marion center i always have a nice time up there and I guess we just want to wish you continued success, and hopefully next year will be a carryover of of the success you've enjoyed this year. And uh, if you could, we'd like to talk a little bit with your dad.
9: Hey, thanks a lot, Don.
2: Okay. I want to tell you a little bit about Area Auto Racing news. Nice... uh, Newspaper covers a lot of good stuff. Some of the writers, Dave Moody, Ernie Saxton, Walt Weimer, Chuck Bollinger, Dave Dragovich, just to name a few. As a matter of fact, Bollinger, Dragovich, and uh, Weimer have been part of Rappin' on Racing for many, many years. You can get 50 issues for $56, but what I like best is the digital subscription, which is $45. Really neat uh, paper. If you need more information, you can give them a call at 609-888-3618. That number again for Area Auto Racing News, 609-888-3618. You won't be disappointed.
6: Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact fine. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at
2: want to tell you a little bit about the on point beer distributor you know they're kind of excited they're providing butler and the surrounding areas with some great service and even better beer why don't you stop by and check out their selection they can't wait to meet you they're only nine miles from lernerville speedway a great place to pick up beer on the way to the track the customers say it's wonderful and friendly service they highly recommend the place on Point Beer is located at 154 Freeport Road, only minutes from Lernerville Speedway. If you like the good service and the good beer, stop in and say hello. If you want to call ahead, their number number 724-285-6298. It's owned and operated by a veteran, a former Marine. Stop in and see what they have. I was kind of hoping, Larry, today, and we got off to a good start last night. Uh, Pee-wee won the heat race in the seniors, and I said, you know, if you can win the feature, uh, that would just kind of tie in with today's show, but he had some mechanical breakdowns. Uh, Pee-wee, what happened? Uh, the rear end went out, on. You've got you to get these mechanics on the ball here. You know, uh, they don't remember the old days when you run three, four nights a week and didn't break down. Now, what, what can we do to get these guys on the right page?
10: Well, you know, that car runs, uh, the fellow that owns it runs it, and it, uh, yeah, he managed to be able to crash it this year for the first time a week ago at Lernerville, and before that, I was always crashing, and he never got to run, so <laughs> I was happy for him that he got a chance to wreck it, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
10: and, uh, so last night, it was my turn again, but, uh, he had a, I knew we had a rear-end problem as soon as I got there and started to move the car, I heard it, and, uh, I really didn't think it would last the heat. Well, it did and then of course you hope for the feature, but due to the different style I had to drive on a track due to the track condition by feature time uh, it uh, And it when I jumped on it just took the teeth on off the pinion, so it was just one of those things, but uh, I, I sort of uh, got a real charge out of the whole deal because uh as everybody that was there knows, Blackie, what uh, come out and start a race with the seniors, and uh... and I were starting side by side in the uh, heat and the feature, and so I told him, I said, uh... you know, Blackie, this is your first night, and we have a rule that uh, you're not allowed to pass the first <laughs> night. <laughs> he said, well, uh, what would happen if you break or something? And I said, well, if I break, that's okay, you can go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Blackie's telling everybody, he said, the problem was, he said, I couldn't catch him to break him.
1: <laughs>
10: <Yeah>. <laughs> he, said, he said he broke himself, so then I was allowed to go ahead and win. So, And I thought that was great with Blackie being the first night out with us, and uh, and he went home a winner. So, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, he's looking forward to coming back again. And, and uh, you know, Blackie's exciting any time, so uh, I just... Uh, makes you feel a lot better to put him in the series with us.
2: It had to be nice to look out the window and see him. Uh, Had to bring back many memories of when you guys ran the various tracks in the area over the years. Yeah, right. I've been
10: after him uh, for quite a while, and uh, and, uh, he uh, was interested, but uh, then it turned out that uh, Buddy's old car uh, was made available to him, so uh, it worked out great for him, and he's back, and I'm sure he's happy to be able to to, uh, go around with the, the old racetracks again, you know, and uh, I know he enjoyed himself, I'm sure he did.
15: Yeah, Pee-wee, this is Larry. I uh, I was just looking through an old PRA yearbook, uh, I think it was the 1955 or 56 issue, and it was like was I think it was your rookie year in the hooligan class and, uh, you know, one of the comments was that you didn't finish many races that first year, that, that most of the time you were being taken off the track with a hook, and we kind of got a chuckle out of that Uh, particularly because, you know, I didn't see you race much in the 50s. My memories were when you were running up front, mostly at the old Latrobe and Jennerstown circuit. Um, Your feelings, though, on the senior series, you know, what's your, you know, uh, opinion of, of, of getting the opportunity to extend your racing career, which I'm sure, you know, four or five years ago, you probably figured, well, that was pretty much it. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Don Gamble and a few other people get together and come up with this brainstorm of an idea, and now all of a sudden you're back in the cockpit of a race car again.
10: Well, it, it's it's uh, it's really great, uh, and uh, really thankful for Don for thinking this whole thing up. It's just I, I would like to see more come out, and uh, and uh, you know that just keep growing and growing and growing. And I'm sure Don would like to see it happen too because it, it's a lot of fun now. Uh, with both boys racing, I still outside of driving, I get into all the racing just as much as I have for all the years in fact, we, uh, Doug just come up, he's, uh, his motor in and, uh, he just uh, come up for this interview now and, uh, he'll be back down there finished night and Mark's down there and, and I've always known where they were at, you know, they're, they're down in the garage working on their race cars, but, uh so I've been involved the whole time, but being able to get back in a seat because they won't allow me in there is because they say I can't see, and I'll probably wreck them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think uh, that uh, Jim Detman come along with his car, and uh, he uh, still figures I can see good enough, so he lets me drive it, you know.
2: You know, Pee Wee, I think one of the special things I like about racing is the camaraderie. I know whether uh, whether I visit with you or your wife or your kids, uh, it's it's like a family uh, type. Uh, situation there and I know you get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of teasing me but uh, I really I, 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 really believe that's why I go to the races I mean I enjoy watching the cars but the time the cars are on the track is really the shortest part of the time it's the activity in the pits and the people you meet and after the races and everything that kind of pulls it all together as a package and Larry and I were talking about this morning where a lot of people are under the misconception that auto racing is popular because there's cars going around in a certain and and we like to talk about the fact that the tracks are not in the racing business they're in the entertainment business and all these extra things kind of add to the special effect that this has on people and i've a long time felt that my best friends were in racing and they're more real than some of the people you deal with in the outside world and when i deal with you folks and people like you that's what i enjoy the most
10: Oh, well, I know what you're talking about, Donna, and I think uh, uh, many people, many fans have met many other fans and became friends with them just from sitting in the stands and, and uh, picking out who their favorite was or whatever uh, event was happening, and they naturally turned to each other and discussed it, maybe not uh, seeing each other's view at the time, but, you know, and uh, I noticed that a lot of people try to sort of sit in the same area, all the time when they go to races for whatever their reasons are. And so they just naturally, I think, get to know each other, and I think they develop friendships out of the whole deal. So uh, I think that many people meet many people and continue on through many years over the whole uh, situation. And uh, uh, what you're saying, true, Uh, you know, I never heard of Don Gamble till the race time, and uh, I don't know if that's been an asset to me, but... (laughs)
2: I think this interview's over.
10: <laughs> I've met many people and uh, and are friends with them today, and uh, you know it's uh, yeah. I, I've enjoyed it over the years. I can't think of uh, anything that could have been any better, as far as I'm concerned. I'd I'd do it all over again, probably.
15: Pee Wee, uh, you go back. I'll use I'll say this for dawn, You date back to the days when. <laughs> When race cars were were a little more than a than a car you you salvaged from a junkyard, gutted it, and stuck maybe a roll bar or two in it, and uh, you know cleaned it up a little bit, and painted a number on it, and went racing. And and you know you've been active and stayed with it through the uh, through the modified days into the late models, and and now involvement with your boys with the uh, with the modified division. So you've you've kind of seen it come full circle. Um, your thoughts very quickly though on you know, just where do you see racing going? Do you think it was was better in the old days as, as compared to today, or, or do we need to moderate it a little bit? Do we need to, to maybe get back to a middle ground where some of the expenses are cut?
10: Well, I feel sure that many people that would like to race today and have quit over the years quit simply because of the cost factor. Uh, you have to be a diehard to run like we run, uh, really under finance, and... Yet, at the same time, gives you a, a tremendous feeling to have a good finish, not necessarily win. It gives you a heck of a feeling to win, but it gives you a good feeling just to have a good finish because knowing what you're running, you know. So it still takes knowledge to race, but to answer your question, the cost is just way out of hand, and, uh, and it has kept a lot of people out of racing or it made them quit earlier than they would have liked to. I don't know if there's an answer because... It seems that no matter, you know, whether you go to buy a car or whatever, you uh, certainly don't what you're paid for, and uh, it's the cost in everything is a way out of hand, and uh, it just seems like I want to run for president, but I can't get enough people to vote for me. <laughs> Not that I'd change anything, but at that point, I would have enough money to go first class. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, Larry, this guy's never at a loss for words. <laughs> and I was teasing, I uh, was talking with Bob Thorne at the track last night. I said, I, I better have my hand on the button in case this guy gets me in a corner. But you were good to me today. You you didn't uh, you didn't go overboard on, on uh, harassing me, and, and for that, I, I appreciate it. And, oh.
10: Don, I I really have never been able to understand where you always keep saying I harass you. I I grant you, I think maybe the boys do, and I've tried to talk them out of it, but you see, uh, I'm always sincere and all that, where they sort of take after their mother. She likes to joke a lot, you know. And uh, so I really never understand why you keep saying that about me because I always thought I was very,
15: very nice to you, you know. I think he puts it in the framework of just keeping you honest, Don. Uh-huh.
2: Well, Pee Wee, it's, it's been really enjoyable as always talking with you and Doug and, and being, uh, I think it's safe to say, a friend of the Flick family has been something I've always been pleased with and, and I'm kind of glad that you were letting, you let me be part of your racing activities and, and always enjoy being with you and want to thank you and Doug for being with us today.
10: Well, we thank you a lot, Don, and any time.
2: Okay, thanks again. Quite an interesting... Uh, Individual,
15: Quite an interesting family. And some super good people.
2: This
4: portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Environmental Air Incorporated.
5: Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Saturday Night Racing Entertainment.
3: That's what you get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rurik Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the Admar Construction Equipment Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns, and the Crawford Auto Repair 4 Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series, the Falcone's Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series, the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, the Rush Wingless Sprints, Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, and the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Ed Laboon Memorial, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Jook George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania you motor Speedway and on Twitter it's at PA Motor Speedway.
16: Hello, race fans. This is Tom Lang. I'd like to wish all of you a happy Memorial Day. I hope your weekend is full of fun times spent with family and friends, and I hope you get to enjoy some racing. Memorial Day weekend is one of the best weekends for motorsports with so many big events both nationally and locally. But most of all, please remember what Memorial Day is really for. To honor all of those amongst us who have served and continue to serve this country in various capacity in the armed forces and especially those who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in defense of our nation remember all gave some some gave all and thanks for listening to Rapping on Racing.
2: We want to now go to the interview with Wally Parks, and we hope the drag racers enjoy it. Today, especially the drag racers, we're at the promoter's workshop in Daytona Beach, Florida, and we're going to talk a little bit with Wally Parks, the gentleman that they listed as a legend, a gentleman that started it all. Wally, some of your thoughts, they were—they uh, introduced you that way, and you went on to explain it, and I'm going to ask you some questions about it, but it uh, must
17: be pretty tough being a legend. Well, it is. Nobody plans to be a legend. And as I said in my comments today, that you're a legend is only made by the people that are surrounding him. And uh, I can lay claim to having some of the finest people around me from the very first days of our, our operations. Let's talk about it. You're, you're the founder and
2: the chairman of the board for NHRA, and you helped to establish Hot Rod Magazine, uh, probably 40-some years in the business, uh, vice chairman for ACCUS, man of the year, man of the decade, Hall of Fame. One of the things you talked about that I really liked was you said early on the public image was very important. Let's talk a little bit about that.
17: Well it was very important to us because in uh, in our beginning, as far as organizational activities are concerned, Uh, We lived under the the title Hot Rod, and that, of course, was a controversial name at the time. And I think in in hindsight, I look back on that now as being one of the best things that happened to us, because subconsciously, all of us who believed in doing things with our cars and having fun with them knew that we had to create a better image and and a more favorable image to the public. So consequently, I think we worked harder to try to perfect the activities and, and things that were taking place, because we did want to impress people and we do did want to get their approval
2: let's talk about your career you mentioned that you started street racing and there was a funny story about your first car i'd like you to relay that to the fans
17: well it was kind of funny it's funny now looking back on it because it happened a long time ago and my first car that i owned was a 1925 chevrolet touring car it was one that uh, I bought from my uncle, and uh, he wanted $5 for it. I didn't have $5, so he let me work it off in four weekends of working in his yard. And I had to travel back and forth 50 miles for four weekends in order to earn it. Wasn't old enough to drive it, but my dad took it at home, and that was that was my pride and joy, my first automobile.
2: And I understand that the first time that you rode it, you had a, an accident.
17: I did have uh, and and that was unfortunate too because we lived on a little gravel street and and a friend of mine went with me and we were allowed to drive over to the neighboring little community and so we left my house and I was driving up this street and uh, not fast, just driving along and there was a car, one car parked on the street facing us and as we approached that car, why my car started going in its direction and I felt I couldn't steer it and by the time I hit the brakes I was into its front fender and uh, we ended up having to sell my car in order to pay for the fender work but that was a kind of a bad start How about your first race? Uh, some recollections of that Well, the first race that I had under official timing conditions was up at Muroc Dry Lake in California, which today is uh, Edwards Air Force Base test. And uh, I had an opportunity to run uh, a friend's car, and you ran and qualified in the 60 to 70 mile an hour class, or the 70 to 80 mile an hour class, and then they ran heat races to uh, determine who the winner would be in those various segments. Well, the car that I was driving, it qualified up in the top of the uh, 70-mile-an-hour category, and I was qualified for the race, and we went out in the heat race, and we took off in the dust and so forth with a pace car running beside us, and away we went. Well, as it turns out, my friend's car was faster on acceleration than the other ones, and I found myself out in front, so I ran down this straightaway course and uh, crossed the timing light, which was a wire stretched across the, the lake bed there and backed off, and then everybody flew by me, and I realized that what I had done was I'd backed off at the start of the timing light not at the finish light. So I didn't, I didn't make any great headlines. One of the things that I emphasize on a regular
2: basis is the crossover between the drag racers and the circle track racers and the fact that a lot of their interests are very similar, high-performance cars, uh, nice machinery, and so on. You mentioned that at one time you had raced on the oval tracks, and
17: I find that very
2: interesting. Uh, some thoughts on that.
17: Well, again i think what i was doing was recapping some of what i call the comedy of errors in my in my career because one thing that i always wanted to be was a race driver and uh, my cousin and i did put a car together it was a model t roadster and we entered it in a race on old southern ascot speedway out in california and it was supposed to be a b-shaped course race but in the course of running why it got cutting shorter and shorter until it was almost just a race around the pits and uh, I did fairly well in staying with the pack on that until at one point I looked up around behind me and I saw this giant Packard that was running in the race uh, Falling close behind me and at about the same time while the left rear wheel collapsed on <laughs> my car and put me out of the race But the, the the big winning benefit of it It also was the occasion where I had an opportunity to, to meet and know J.C. Agagenian who was a young man that time and I followed his career and maintained his friendship uh, throughout all the years and I'm just so grateful for that hot
2: rod magazine uh, the Bible for uh, racers uh, across the United States uh, everywhere uh, not only drag racers but automotive enthusiasts from all over you were very instrumental in getting that off the ground let's talk about that a little bit
17: well that was a strange situation because it happened back in the 1940s and uh, Robert E. Peterson, who was the, the, the founder, the originator of the magazine, uh, was unemployed and part of a small group from the, the uh, entertainment and promotion industries and film industries in, in Hollywood. And uh, we were having a problem then with publicity uh, against uh, any kind of street-driven machines, what we called hot rods. And uh, so he came and and met with me and proposed that the organization he represented would like to have a client, and they thought we might be it. At that time, I was the the general manager of the Southern California Timing Association, and uh, I told him that the association had no money which was not unusual, but that uh, I had an idea for producing a car show featuring the types of cars we ran at the Dry Lakes and that maybe there was some way their organization, which was called Hollywood Publicity Associates, uh, might get in behind the thing and get in with us and we'd co-produce uh, the first uh, of what became the Hot Rod Exposition out there. And as a result, we had some meetings and we did uh, present the, uh, the first hot rod show that I know of any place in the country. And uh, during the mix of that, why Peterson came up with the idea of starting a magazine to cover that particular field. He originally wanted to call it uh, Autocraft, and then he changed it to hot rod and introduced it at the first, uh, first hot rod show that we had. And uh, I, told, I was, had an opportunity to go in with him on it, but I couldn't afford to quit my job and he couldn't afford to hire me. And so I said, I'll give you all the background support that I possibly can on this thing. And I really hope that you can make a go of it. So he, he enlisted another friend who came in with him and they started the magazine. And I was a behind the scenes contributor and editor and so forth until 1949, which was the second year of publication. And then they convinced me that uh, I could could qualify as the official editor of the magazine and it went forward from there
4: this portion of tonight's program was brought to you by environmental air incorporated
5: located in beautiful somerset county in western pennsylvania's picturesque laurel highlands the jennerstown speedway complex hosts exciting saturday night racing from may to september Come see daring drivers' competed late models, modifieds, pro-stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA-sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex.
6: Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at RPS Financial Solutions, and JWC, JWCA, are unaffiliated
2: entities. From the early beginnings to the present time, when you now have 80,000 members in the NHRA, uh, that's quite an accomplishment. Uh, Unbelievable growth. 100 tracks, over 3,000 events per year, 19 in the Winston Series, 40 in the regional events. Some of your thoughts on that. How many in addition to that? Now, some of your thoughts on all this growth and what you have accomplished in in those many years in this
17: sport. Well, I'm naturally very proud of what's happened because our sport involves automobiles as the catalyst on the thing, but primarily it's a sport of people. And the people are ones who have a extraordinary interest in cars and doing things with them and do it yourself hands on all of these things that have made the automobile such a an attraction to the american public for so many years and i think the fact that we were able to build an organization of that size is is uh, somewhat incredible and particularly when you consider the fact that uh, long ago in our history why we almost had to abandon the car club activities the street riding activities the car show activities that used to be a part Of our program and focus our attention almost exclusively on drag racing because that seemed to have a future needed lots of work needed lots of cultivation and so when you consider the other fields of activity out there that we might have embraced had we continued along the diversified path why I think our 80,000 on the thing is probably uh, a minimal number but I'm I'm very proud that the other forms of activity and the other organizations involved have come right along and kept pace with what's going on today I think in the world that we once called the hot rod world uh, is something that is probably uh, offers more opportunity now than it ever has before did you have any idea early on that it would get this big nobody nobody had those ideas and realistically what we were trying to do when we first started out with organizational activities was to find a safe place to race without being arrested because actually the whole uh, purpose of the thing, and I'll have to give much credit to the Commissioner of the California Highway Patrol, who really urged and assisted us in forming the organization and actually assigned police officers to work with us in our, our club projects on the thing. I have to give credit to them because it, it made us into a public service organization, a very safety-conscious organization. Our first motto when we formed the organization was dedicated to safety, and we've adhered to that ever since because we knew that drag racing or any type of uh, automotive performance sport couldn't last unless it was safe. And uh, so I think all of those things combined have enabled us to start something that we never dreamed uh, would be possible. We really never took the business side of it seriously until in the 1970s when our president, President Dallas Gardner, came aboard and started using his expertise and his capabilities. And uh, then it has continued to grow and go forward from then. It seems you have surrounded yourself with good people,
2: and you mentioned that in your uh, speech that a lot of the success was because of that. Let's talk a little bit about when you were racing on the beach in the
17: experimental class and the fact that you had to be certified. Well, that was an interesting thing. I I gained an awful lot from my personal association with the NASCAR organization and the fact that my introduction to the beach and and, uh, Daytona occurred in the early 1950s, and that I did have a chance to know uh, Bill France senior, personally, and he is a man whom I have revered because he taught us so many things indirectly, things to do, things not to do, because we didn't want to take the risks, But in 1957, uh, Ray Brock and I from Hot Rod Magazine brought a Plymouth down to the beach and entered it in the beach trials. The name of the car was Suddenly, because the slogan of Plymouth at that time was Suddenly, it's 1960. And so we had had our Plymouth that was there. We went through an awful lot of uh, things in order to get the thing eligible and qualified, things we didn't know until we'd gotten here. And so, consequently, by the time the car was accepted for competition and to make a run on the, the beach straightaway, it was late afternoon and so when we did have a chance to make its uh, one and only run why we ran down a very rough beach and and returned on a very rough beach but uh, still ended up with a speed of 161 miles an hour which turned out to be the fastest speed of the day and of of the event Uh, what we didn't know at the time was that we were competing against an awful lot of uh, major manufacturers' entries who were out there, and that wasn't the best thing for the sanctioning body, but we were very naive, didn't know that. But at the end of the day, when after we had set the experimental class record, well, we were told that we had to remain an impound until the car was certified. Well, we didn't know what that meant, so we stayed with the car, and uh, into the afternoon, late afternoon, evening hours on the thing, and they had a man with us who was in charge of uh, the impound portion of it, and we finally were moved over to the to the, uh, uh, the armory in, in Daytona and told to wait there. And so an official came over, and we said we have to be certified. And he said, "Well, I'm not sure I can do that." So he said, "I'll make a phone call." So he called, and we waited, and another official came, and uh, he said the same thing. He said, "I can't do that. I'll have to make a phone call." So uh, he made a phone call, and finally a th- third one came in, and it was Pat Purcell, the vice president. He was a wonderful man, and he listened to our story, and he said, "Well, I can't do that either." He said, "Only Bill, Big Bill can make that decision." And so we waited, and about 8:30 well, Mr. France came in after his full day uh, of racing administration and so forth, and he says, what's well, the trouble here? And we said, well, we have to be certified. The fuel has to be certified as gasoline. So we took the seal off the, the gas cap on the tank, and he walked over, and he looked at it, and he stuck his finger down inside of the thing, took his finger back out and sniffed it and said, yep, that's gas, and that, that certified us. That showed us what chain of command meant on the thing. Below this portion of tonight's program is brought to you by
4: night and day asphalt seal coating
11: memorial day for most of us means a three-day weekend on the last week of may universities and schools are out and with the warmer weather it marks the unofficial beginning of summer For many families, this is an opportunity to gather and enjoy the many freedoms we have as Americans, but let us not forget what Memorial Day represents, as it honors the men and women who have died serving their country in the military. While most of us are gathering for family picnics or attending events, we must must remember the families who are missing a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, a father or a mother, and the sorrow of not having that love with them, you may ask, how can we honor our heroes? We can do this in a couple ways: attend a parade, decorate with flags, break out the red, white, and blue, thank a veteran, buy a poppy. But most of all, let us let us not forget. The National Moment of Remembrance at 3 PM local time on Memorial Day. Please pause for a minute of silence to honor those who have died in the service to our nation.
12: I know I will. Number one Conference has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store
5: Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights.
3: Saturday night, racing entertainment. That's what you get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rurik Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the Admar Construction Equipment Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns, and the Crawford Auto Repair 4 Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series, the Falcone's Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series, the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, the Rush Wingless Sprints, Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds, and the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Ed Laboon Memorial, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Jook George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania motor speedway and on twitter it's at pa motor speedway and now back to don gamble and more wrapping on racing all
2: right fans joining me now is hall of fame driver bobby marhefka bobby how are you this evening
16: okay great uh don uh, doing great uh trying to find some free time but uh, other than that uh Doing great, Don. Thank you for asking.
2: Well, you told me before we went on the air that when you're retired, people just automatically figure you don't have anything to do and they'll come and ask you for favors.
16: <laughs> well, like I said, uh, they think you have all the time. And uh, I know my kids do the same thing to me. And um, uh, if I get down to Ray Shop and then pretty soon. Uh, I turn into a gopher, and I'm on the road for probably an hour and a half, you know, stopping at all the parts stores and trying to buy uh, uh, parts for the race car. So, uh, yeah, but, hey, you do what you can do. You do what you have to do. Um, when I was younger, I, I did what I have to do. Now I do what I could do. <laughs> or, or
2: what you want to do, yeah. All right. Yeah, or, what I'd, like, what I'd like to do, I had the pleasure of watching you at Motor Drome and Schmuckers with the Purple 85, the Camaro. I really enjoyed that. I saw you win a lot of races. I saw you win some big races. But I didn't have the opportunity to see you when you were running in the coupes. When did you start racing and how did you get involved?
16: Uh, my First year of racing was 1959. Yeah, that's right, 1959. Uh, and the way I got it into it at that time, um, I when I turned 16, I turned to be a drag racer on the street, on the strip, any place I can race a car. And um, so that was went for a couple of years, and then uh, a friend of mine said, well, you know, anybody can go in a straight line, but it takes some driving experience or effort uh, to go in a circle. So he made me mad.
10: <laughs>
16: so I, I went out and bought a 34 Ford Coupe without a motor, and um, I ended up putting a flathead motor back in it. And um I did win a race that first year. So that got me started and then after that I found out what the um situation was on racing dirt oval and um then I started okay I started building my own cars and and uh, went from there and you know Don, back then uh you built cars, and you you manufactured your parts, and uh, you went to the junkyard, and so on and so forth. So uh, one day, I built this one, I think it was a 37 Ford, and uh, my dad happened to be, um, well, he was a Ford dealer at that time, small Ford dealer, um, and he happened to be at a junkyard, and there was a police car. It was demolished, and it had a uh, Ford Interceptor police motor in it. So um, he went and bought it, and, uh, you know, I took the old—I didn't use the flathead from that time on. It was an overhead cam valve engine, so uh, from that time on, uh, I started building my cars.
2: One of the prettiest ones I saw on Facebook was a 36 coupe, and it was gorgeous. But I guess the first question is, how did you pick your number and your color? Because it was so unique that no matter where you were, when you come in, they say, oh, here comes Marhefka.
16: <laughs> yeah, the, the that first year with the, uh, that I started in, in 1959... Um, i didn't paint a car it, it was uh coral and white, and the only thing I put on it um, uh, eighty five now where I came up with number eighty five my buddy that that got me into oval track racing and you know he kept pushing me and pushing me he was into over track racing and um but his number was eighty four and I figured, oh, wait a minute. Now, I'm I'm going to beat this guy. So my number became 85. And uh, so from that time on, um, I always used that number. Now, as far as the color of the car, at that time, I was going with, uh, we weren't married. I was only going with my wife, Patty, or my present wife, Patty, and she liked purple, so started painting all the cars purple and white. And um, I had a guy in the paint shop, and uh, I think it was it started out as plum crazy. I think I came off a Chrysler car, and uh, then after that, he started he started making his own mixes of purple. But um, as far as '85. That's how I got 85, and that's how I got purple.
2: Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Hall of Fame driver Bobby Morhefka. Now, I guess the next question is, uh, your son and your grandson uh, both race, and neither one of them used number 85. How did that happen?
16: Well, um, uh, my son kind of started in kind of a couple different directions. Uh, we started running with NASCAR, uh, and we ran oh, I, I think a, a bunch of years with NASCAR. But anyways, um, we did. He did start out with orange and white, not purple. But and then he started with an eighty-five. But I think he only used that one year. Then he got a spon- radio sponsor and. Uh, the, the uh, number of the radio was number 99. So since you have a sponsor on a car, we're going to make the car number 99. And um, it's been like that, except uh, he started running for a guy up in Connecticut. And this was on the Hooters, I believe on the Hooters uh, uh, touring series. And it was either Hooters or NASCAR. And, um, but that guy, he didn't like our number 99, or Rob's number 99. Uh, he, he wanted his own number on the car, and that was a number 12. So, And, and then it had to be painted, I believe, uh, steeler colors, yellow and black. Uh, but anyways, after we left that guy in Connecticut, Uh, Rob went back to having that that radio sponsor in in Johnstown and um, went back to 99 and has kept it ever since.
2: Now we get to your grandson, who's number 13.
16: (laughs) I was always superstitious, Don, and I don't know whether you were or or what, but uh, when I was racing, you didn't, don't, you don't put green anywhere close to my car. Uh, that was an absolute no-no. And um, then you don't eat peanuts in the pits. That was a no-no. And the other thing, I'm, the girls are going to love this: no women in the pits. So uh, I was very, <laughs> I was very, uh, uh, let's say I was active towards anything like that. No green, no peanuts, no women. But anyways, as time goes on, you change. But I haven't gotten off the, the green until my grandson came. Now, he, he's only 19 right now. He started, we started him in a super late model on Jennerstown on the asphalt. Okay, he wasn't even 16, did not have a driver's license. Uh, he was 15 and a half or whatever. And, um, uh, we started him up on, uh, asphalt and, uh, we put him in a car. Now, like I said, he never drove a car. He only, he never drove nothing. No, no go karts, or with the exception of entertainment, uh, never drove nothing. No four cylinders, no street stocks, no nothing. We put him in this super late model at, Fifteen and a half years old, and I told him, I said, "You see that corner down there? And that was the first first turn of a stand. I said, "I want you to go into that turn at 110 mile an hour." He said, "Okay." <laughs> well, needless to say, he didn't go into the turn at 110. Uh, but, anyways, right now that sixteen-year-old now is nineteen and um, still drive. He only drives so far at uh, Jennerstown Speedway. Uh, With the exception, we ran up at Erie. He ran up in Erie uh, at the last race of the season up there, and they had a 48 lapper. Um, I'm not sure why 48, but they had a 48 lapper, so we did that. Getting back to his number...
2: I want you to hold that thought. We need to take a commercial break. We're talking to Bobby Marhefka, and we'll be back with more after these messages.
4: This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Night and Day Asphalt Seal
5: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September come see daring drivers competed late models modifieds pro stock street stocks chargers and the fast and furious fours special events include the motor mountain masters nascar Whalen Modifieds, isma sanctioned super modifieds the super cup stock car series and enduro races the jennerstown speedway complex takes great pride in providing fun affordable family entertainment The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. All right, fans, we're back. We're talking to Bobby Marhefka. Bobby, you were starting to tell
2: me about your grandson's number.
16: Yeah, um, okay. Well, I had no objection, and neither did Rob, because I picked my own number. Uh, Rob ended up picking his own number, and when it came time for his son, Brandon Marhefka, my, my grandson, let him pick his number. So he... He picked number thirteen, and the reason why he picked thirteen was because he he was playing uh, uh, he was playing in the uh, soccer at the Wimber High School, and they gave him number thirteen. And he did pretty good. Him and his brother played there. Uh, his brother Devin Morhefka, played. And, uh, so he picked number 13, and I'm there, whoa, you know, I'm superstitious, <laughs> here I go, and, uh, so he thinks, and, and to this day, um, he thinks nothing of putting green on, okay, he's wearing green, he, he, he's, uh uh, painting something green, and it doesn't matter, he is not superstitious, so, um... A different time of life, and but that was his choice. So so far, it's been working out good. He's happy with it, and I think he's probably going to stick with it.
2: Well, I have a story for you. Many years ago at Heidelberg, there was a driver named Mike Bodner. He had a green car, number thirteen, and he had a peanut huh? pasted. Painted on the side of it, so he he was covering all the bases. But he had a good career; seemed to be okay. But that was really going over the edge. Green car thirteen with a peanut on it.
16: <laughs> we were uh, we were at one track, and um, one of the guys on the pit crew he's a really good golfer, and he plays a lot of golf. And uh, one time. Uh, we we put a new body on the car, and I swear, this, I think it was that Bedford. And um, we put a new body on it, brand new body, the whole way around except the roof. Um, and um, it, it, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, anyways, I think it was Bedford. Anyways, he came, and he brought this golfing towel. And, and I wasn't paying any attention to him, um, but... He decided to wipe the car down. Now, I swear, just, he wiped that car down with that green and white towel. And um, he wiped the whole car down. Uh, very good, okay, you know, crewman wants a clean car. Well, Rob went out and damaged every panel on that car. <laughs> so
2: That damn towel. <laughs>
16: But you know was it the towel, or was it going to happen? Who knows, but it just so happened that he wiped the car down with a green towel but yeah, that the whole time I raced on as far as the peanuts, the women in the pits, and the green um I've lived under that rule, but uh times have changed, thank goodness.
2: Looking back at your career, is there one race that stands out as your favorite victory?
16: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the Motodrome 200 deal, okay, when they came up with that, uh, there was a lot of complaining, and, um, you know, oh, that's too long, and this and that. I loved it. I, I you know, I, I didn't mind that. And um, I got to put that at the top of the chart. Uh, I won, won a lot of races that got me a race out. At, uh, you know, at the end of the year, uh, Langhorn and then um, Trenton. I, I, I got a guaranteed spot at Trenton, and I got a guaranteed spot at Langhorn. But um, uh, I got to put the Motorrome 200 uh, at the top of the list, and. Um, there was a story about it. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I won the second or the third. It would have been the third 200. I, I won after that, but um, there was some controversy with the scoring, so we won't go into that. But, um, yeah, Motor drum 200. Uh, now, the thing with with me, the longer the race goes, the more intense, And stronger, I get. My my son's the same way. Um, He he goes and he gets stronger towards. Sometimes I squat for him. I used to until his son took over now. And uh, I used to have to settle him down because he just wanted to go faster and faster and faster. And then he got a little, you know. Uh, the track is only so wide and he's trying to make it a little wider and so anyways
2: when you think about the quality of the cars that you beat in that 200, some of the best in the country, and there was a lot of them so I could agree with you that would probably be the race I would remember most for you in Victory Lane
16: oh, okay, good good, uh now, yeah. Well,
2: now we, we can't be specific, but I think your son has something special planned for Jenner's time. Maybe you could just give us the date and tell people they need to be there. It's going to be a big deal.
16: Yeah. I, uh, okay. I will. One thing. I one thing I did forget. You know, I I went out. To, I thought I wanted to run the Eldora, and um, um, so we made the trip. It would back then. It took us eleven hours to get there. But um, I did uh, qualify for the first time we went there, and there was 160 cars uh, that signed in, and I qualified 10th out of those 160. So uh, that's that. too bad I couldn't finish the race because the rear end uh, went out of the car, and, and I, I couldn't, you know, I can't say, well, I finished good. But... Uh, I was glad I qualified. I mean, that was the first time at Eldora. Um, we we went back the second year for their special, and um, as we were we made the eleven hour trip to Eldora, and as we were pulling in, um, everybody was leaving because it was called a rainout. Now back then we didn't have cell phones, so we had no idea. We we're on the road for eleven hours, Whoa. so. But, anyways, I, I, I Eldora and that first race that has a special place in my heart. Uh, I mean, you, you qualify tenth out of 160 cars, uh, you're doing pretty good. But anyways, getting back to uh, um, the best one was uh, uh, the 200.
2: We're going to be coming up on a commercial break in a little bit. Is there anything else that you'd like to mention or somebody you might want to thank?
16: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, my wife, uh, I raced for 23 years. Um, Out of 23 years now, uh, do you have enough time? Holler if you've got to make a break.
2: Keep going. Um, Keep going.
16: out of 23 years now, Dawn, back then, we raced Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Even when Jennerstown closed, I used to go to the Williams Grove, Port Royal, at Sealand's Grove, every place. And then when the invitationals came on a Wednesday, I raced them. So sometimes I raced four days a week. Um, most of the time three, but when an invitational came, I raced that fourth day. All right. Out of twenty-three years, my wife, uh, uh, she missed six races out of twenty-three. Now, um, those were because she was still working and just whatever reason, and I can't remember reason. But six races out of twenty-three years racing three and four nights a week. Now, and 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 I gotta give her kudos because. When the kids were old enough to travel, my three children, Rob and uh, his two sisters, Robin and Renee, um, we took all three kids uh, with us, and Patty would take care of the kids up in the grandstands. And uh, after my race was over, uh, I always had to go up because the kids were sleeping and have to carry the kids down to the car. So uh, kudos to her. And for the fans that are listening at Jennerstown, put on your calendar July seventeenth. That's this year, July seventeenth. You're going to see a full night of racing, and my son will announce something special going on for that evening. So um, you may want to keep it, it, you may want to keep that night open for yourself. And you're going to enjoy uh, the evening of races and then what he has planned for after the races. And that's July 17th. That's Saturday night.
2: Okay, Bobby Marhefka, we're going to have to run. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. And I always enjoyed watching you race. Most of the time I'd see you at Schmuckers. And I knew that if you were there, if you didn't win, you were gonna be on the podium. And I enjoyed that. And I thank you again for being with us.
16: Gee, Dawn, I didn't know you were a good fan of mine.
2: I was. <laughs> I was a very good fan.
16: <laughs> well, okay, I appreciate that, Dawn, and anytime you need some input, I'll be more than glad to get back together with you and and thank you very much for being patient with me. Uh, getting me to this interview, because uh, I know we played tag uh, a couple of times. So, Don, thank you, and thank you uh, any of the, the old fans that are out there. Uh, well, they they used to be young fans. Now they're older fans. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you all uh, for being fans of number 85, purple and white, Bobby Marhefka.
2: Thank you.
1: If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to L.A., where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say, Till today Because you ain't no doubt I love this land
0: Proudly presented, Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners, recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing.
13: Stand on it, come on, y'all, stand on it.